Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Merrick Rosenberg about personality styles, team dynamics, and leadership in organizations. Rosenberg, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thanks for having me, John. Yeah, I'm excited to have a chance to chat with you. Uh, you work in the space of personality and how that intersects with leaders and teams and organizations. And, you know, that's a lot of the world that I work in as well. And so I think it'll be a really fun, uh, lively discussion today. As oh, we get personality plays out in everything we do. So we'll see how it plays out leaders and teams. It's uh, it's critical when people get it changes everything. Absolutely. As we get started today, I want to share a brief bio with the listeners. Merrick Rosenberg co-founded Team Builders Plus in 1991 and Take Flight Learning in 2012. He's the author of Personality Wins, The Chameleon and Taking Flight, three books about personality. Uh, under Merrick's leadership as CEO of Take Flight Learning, his company has been selected as the New Jersey Business of the Year and named one of the fastest growing companies and best places to work in the Philadelphia area. Merrick received his MBA from Drexel University, who uh, recognized him as the Alumni Entrepreneur of the Year. Merrick has worked with more than half of the Fortune 100 companies in the U.S. and around the world. A uh, really great, uh, robust background and profile. Uh, you're doing a lot of great work um, entrepreneurially, but also, you know, working with organizations to help them improve. Uh, so, uh, super exciting uh, to have a chance to chat. Anything you would like to add before we really launch into the discussion? Yeah, I, I appreciate you having me. Uh, you know, really personality, when people know themselves, the most self-aware people are the most successful. So, it's all about understanding yourself and understanding others and how you can drive success. Awesome. Great. Um, well, I think we should probably just start with an overview of, of your um, styles. You know, there's lots of different um, personality profiles out there, lots of different typologies. Um, and so yours is a little unique in the, in the sense that you use um, birds uh, at, to, to define these styles uh, and to provide the characteristics for the style. So would you mind uh, sharing your four personality styles with us and we can kind of explore sure. those together? Yeah, you know, so many people we have used letters for, for centuries, really. I mean, just so many different assessments and models and, and profiles, but I wanted it to be easy. I want, I want it to be so simple that I didn't even need to teach the styles, that they're so intuitive, because it's not just a letter, that you just know what it is. So, so I'll give you an example. If you take someone who has the traits of an eagle, when you think of an eagle, what comes to mind? Yeah, an eagle is stately. They're... they're um they're honorable, uh, they're someone who, who looks out over 
their domain. Um, the, uh, an eagle is uh, responsible, sturdy, firm. You know, those are the types yeah. of things I think about. Absolutely, you kind of picture that take charge, confident eagle. They're direct. They want results. So, so exactly right. So when you think of a parrot, they have a very different energy than an eagle. What comes to mind? Uh, you know, a parrot seems, I don't know if this fits with your actual profile, but when I think of a parrot, you know, I, I think of sing-song, I think of fun, I think of color and energy and, and those sorts of things. Yeah, exactly. Once again, exactly right. They're fun. They're enthusiastic. They're optimistic. Everything about them is positive. It's all good. It always works out for the parents. Uh, how about when you think of a dove? Once again, a very different style. What do you think of? Well, a dove, dove is a symbol of peace. Um, so I think of peace. I think of beauty. I think of um, uh, I think of uh, something, someone or something that um, just has a, a, a nice, I, mean, I can't think of the word I'm trying to, to spit yeah, out. They're just, they're just kind and caring. And yeah. Passionate. And it, it's exactly right. I mean, there's just a, love, a, love, a lovely creature that, yeah. um, that people uh, look towards, uh, yeah, for peace. Yeah, exactly right. They're, they're harmonious and they're caring and compassionate and peaceful, the peacemaker, you get it. How about the owl? When you think if someone had those traits of an owl, what do you think they're like? Well, an owl, you know, we usually, stereotypically we say the owl is wise, right? So the owl is all seeing, they're wise, they're knowing, um, and not necessarily someone I would want to go um, like hang out with, but, uh, <laughs> but, but someone that I would trust. Well, and trust with the data because yeah. For the owl, and you use the word wise, and, and you know, like any style can be intelligent, but we do attribute that to the owl. In fact, every cartoon owl that's ever drawn is pictured as wise because they're about knowledge and information, and they're going to do something, they're going to do it right. They have a process and a plan. So what, what you did there is exactly what happens when I introduce these in organizations. They're so intuitive, so I don't have to spend so much time teaching a model. I get to spend my time talking about how do you apply it as a leader uh, within your team, in your relationships, in your life. And, and to me, it's all about application. If you, if, you can, if you can look at these styles and they're intuitive today, they'll be intuitive five years from now. But if you had to memorize it today, you'd probably forget it in the future. Yeah, good. Anything else you want to share as just a brief overview of the styles? Yeah, I mean, look, we're not just one of them. We're a combination of all of them, for sure. sure. Uh, sometimes maybe a little different at home than at work, and that, that could be true. The role that you're in could pull out certain behaviors. Uh, but look, we all are probably one or two of them that are pretty strong for us. Uh, but you can, of course, display any behavior. Uh, look, no matter what your style is, yes, you can display eagle, parrot, dove, or owl traits. But there's probably one or two which are like, that's your core. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I think of myself and I have different roles um, that I play. You know, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a professor, I'm a consultant. Um, I, I tend to act certain ways when I'm in front of different groups of people, different audiences, different, um, different kind of settings. I, I tend to, you know, a different side of me might come out. And so to your point, you know, this, and, and this is actually one of the th reasons why, you know, sometimes I get a little nervous when I talk about personality profiles um, because of some of the experiences I've had 
with people being really overly rigid and dogmatic about yeah. profiles, such as you know, like you have ones like the color code or you have the big five, you have uh, Myers-Briggs and people become kind of disciples of the style I found. And, and then they like go around trying to like put people into buckets rather than using it for what it's the real value of, of, of the styles is self-reflection and understanding better understanding ourselves and our connection with other people rather yeah. than, rather than being dogmatic about, well, this profile says this, so that means you must be doing this and blah, blah, blah. Like, that's not the point. Yeah. Um, and, right. and so I like, I like how you frame it. You know, you have four big kind of broad buckets. Um, but obviously people tend to slide in and out and they tend to, to exhibit different types of, um, characteristics or behaviors depending on the setting. Um, but we do tend to have dominant styles and, and that's helpful for me, you know, as I think about what my dominant styles might be. Um, but also as I interact with others, you know, in the teams that I work with. Uh, and so I, I'm, I'm curious, I mean, I, th I think there's lots of, uh, valuable application to individuals, but when you're thinking about teams, um, when you're thinking about leading teams, um, how, how can you utilize these profiles and the insights from the profiles to better um, lead an effective team? Yeah, you know, when I use these profiles in training programs, it's funny because if I, if I can spend an entire day with a team, maybe 15 minutes is spent on the profile itself. Because I think that's the problem is so many people get caught up in the graphs and the models. And what we really need to do is understand how am I impacting my people as a leader? So I'll give you an example. If you're an owl leader, is it likely that you're creating a culture or an environment that has a lot of systems and processes and standard operating procedures and timelines and milestones and tracking? If you're an owl, that's what you're creating, right? But what if you're managing a whole team of parrots? How, what do you think? How would those, how would those parrots feel in that type of environment? Yeah, it, it just doesn't fit. Um, I, I, I once was working um, with a, uh, a big electronics organization in Asia, and I was talking with one of the, the kind of not C-suite, kind of a rung down, but senior leadership um, individuals, and they had just come from uh, a two-year stint. They, they do a, like a rotation where they want people to go out and spend time in other countries. And so he'd spent a two-year stint. This is in South Korea. So this South Korean um, leader had spent two years in Brazil um, running a, a factory and, and, and the operations in Brazil. And as, you're, as you shared that personality difference, you know, between the owl and the parrots, it immediately made me think of this Korean um, manager and then a whole bunch of Brazilian workers. <laughs> right. Because um, actually, both Japan, uh, Korea, very owl culture but then you go to south america and and it's very parrot i mean even like a mexico you know, like it's is very parrot brazil very parrot. it's just colorful and it's bright and it's energetic and 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 you know and if you flip that around and you say okay now you're a parrot manager and you're creating a very free-flowing here's your goals i believe in you go for it make it happen but you're managing a whole team of owls how do those owls feel well, yeah, absolutely. And the fit may not be there. And, and ultimately, you're not going to get the best out of your people, right? Um, and that was the situation with, the, with this Korean manager. 
he said basically for two years, he beat his head against a wall trying to get Brazilian workers to be like Korean workers. Yeah. <laughs> he, was trying to, he was trying to force feed them into his own style rather yeah. than adapting how he approached them and how they needed to be managed. Um, you know, rather than adapting, he just kind of beat his head against the wall for two years. And then he was super excited to be able to go back to Korea to, Where he to could work. Be himself. Yeah. Cause, cause to your, to your point, how do you use this in a team as a leader? Well, you create a culture in which your people will thrive instead of creating a culture for you. And, and the problem is that managers often are creating an environment that would work for people like them, but they're not thinking, what do my people need? Eagles need a very different culture than doves. Owls need a different culture than parrots. And, and you have to think as a leader, am I imposing my style on my people? And that's one of the key lessons is, I've got to create a culture for my people, not just for me. Everybody has to resonate with the environment. Yeah, absolutely. And so I, I wonder how that also fits, you know, in, in your perspective with leaders as they're forming their teams and as they're trying to maintain their teams. Uh, so if, if I'm running an organization or I'm leading a team of a group of people, how, how should these personality profiles inform the way I go about creating a dynamic team? It should be one of the considerations. And if you think about how most managers form teams, they think about skill set, not style. They think, okay, this person's the expert in this, you're the expert in this, you're the expert in this. I've just formed a team. Maybe there's four people. And I, and I agree, Stop, you have to think about skill set. But if you think about why teams fail, is it because of the lack of skill or is it often the drama that plays out within that organization and within the culture itself? And, and when you're forming the team, I think style should be one of the factors that you're thinking about. It, maybe you create a team and you're missing one, like you miss that parrot. And now it comes time, you have this great idea, you've thought it, you know, big picture idea from an eagle, you've thought it through carefully, like the owl, you've planned it out methodically, which is what doves often do, they're very methodical, but you roll it out, but you never created excitement and energy and, and, and you never created enthusiasm around it. And now people didn't buy into it because you left the parrot off the team. And, and you can do that with each one of them. Maybe you had exciting ideas, big picture goal. You mapped out a plan, but you never thought it through because you didn't have an owl on the team. And so if you're missing one of the styles, you're definitively missing something that's going to be critical. And, and it, it may be true. So you don't have to have all four styles on the team. But when it comes time to sell it and get people excited, you better put that parrot hat on and say, okay, what would a parrot do right now? Because we got to get people excited about this. So when you're forming a team, it's one of the factors you need to think about as you put people in those seats on the bus. Yeah, absolutely. And I completely agree. And diversity comes in a lot of forms, right? So, so when we think about diversity, equity, and inclusion within organizations, you know, we want racial, ethnic, gender diversity. We want um, all of the kind of typical types of um, diversity um, that we would hope to see in an organization or within a team but it's also diversity of thought, uh, diversity of background, um, so that they can bring new ideas to the team, um, but it's also diversity of style, uh, yeah. because you, you're just, you're just gonna have different 
ways of interacting and and you know some people are are quiet thinkers right and if i'm managing that team um i i need to make sure that the parrot you know the the more uh outgoing type of individual doesn't overshadow the person who has a lot of contributions to make but they might be a little bit more quiet or reserved or less willing to just you know um openly share unless they're sought at their their insights are sought after yeah. So, you know, there's all these dynamics yeah, right. that there's all yeah. these dynamics that we need to carefully consider in forming the team, but then also in thinking about how do they interact with each other? How do we best support each of them and help really the, the team to thrive um, as they move forward? Uh, how, how about within or go ahead? It looks like you have it, something it, else. You know, yeah. so often teams, you have leaders who only you, you have a meeting and you only hear from the more extroverted outgoing, which tend to be the parrots and the eagles. But you don't realize those those more quiet thinkers, as you said, those owls and the doves may have great ideas, but they're just not getting heard. And, and we have to make sure that, that tapping into the power of the entire team, not just the more vocal members of the team. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, so how about within organizations as a whole? Um, you know, do organizations have personalities? Um, how, how should a leader think about these styles in that way? Yeah, if you think about a company, a whole company has a culture and, and you can see the personality and it often comes from the top. If you, I'll give you some examples. If you look at, I'll give you like four leaders, one from each style, and you can see the culture of those organizations are so different. You get somebody like a Richard Branson, so parrot. And, and the culture at Virgin is, that's what it is. It's fun, it's big. I mean, their marketing is big and, and everything about them, it comes from his parrot energy. You get somebody like a Howard Schultz from Starbucks. I, I love one of the things he said. I heard him once say, I wanted to create a company that my father never got to work at. I mean, is that more dove? I mean, and you look at, how they invest in their people. I, Starbucks, I heard Howard Schultz say this one day and I was like, is that, can that be true? And, and they actually spend more money on employee benefits, not salary, on employee benefits than they do on coffee beans. And that's what you have when you have culture created by a dove. We care about our people. You get Bill Gates, Microsoft, it's a very owl culture. Steve Jobs, Look what he did with Apple and just this eagle. Hey, we're not going to do market testing. We're just going to create it and then people will buy it. I'm not going to ask them if they want this. They're not going to know that they want an iPad. We'll just build it. <laughs> that is so eagle. And, and so what you see is the culture of a company really does come from the top and, and they create that environment and that energy and there's a personality to it. Yeah. And we talk a lot about organizational culture. Um, and how to, to develop and sustain, maintain a, a healthy organizational culture. I'm a big believer in people-centric uh, organizational cultures. Uh, but I like, you know, you're framing, you're taking that and then saying, you know, that culture then will have a kind of dominant personality that is portrayed out um, to society, to the public, uh, to the consumers, right? And I, I once had a debate with someone who was trying to argue that organizational culture wasn't like really a thing. Um, they said, basically culture does organizational culture doesn't really exist. And if it does exist, it's really not a, a an important factor. And yeah, whatever. We, yeah, we I, I was kind of beating my head against the wall as I was having that discussion. I'm like, what are you 
crazy. Like <laughs> you get <laughs> the phrase culture eats strategy for breakfast is like rattling around in your brain. You know, look at like a, a Southwest airline, you know, Herb Kelleher, that parrot energy. You get on a Southwest Airlines plane and it feels different than getting on an American Airlines or a Delta or United plane. It just feels different. And where does that come from? It's the culture that they have created. It's, it's palpable. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think just like culture does exist, um, the question is, is it going to be the culture you want? <laughs> culture, culture automatically emerges. Anytime you know, multiple people get together, a culture does emerge. Um, the question is, is it the type of culture that fits with your strategy and does it fit with what you're actually trying to, to do? Um, and so we want to be thoughtful about it and we want to put in place, you know, the, the policies, practices, procedures, the systems that will, you know, maintain the culture. The same thing applies to, to personality. You know, the, the, the culture that emerges, whether it's intentional or not, it will be there. And then there will be a dominant kind of perceived personality out in society about your organization and is it the one that you want you know do you do you, <laughs> you know i think steve jobs yeah. probably was fairly indifferent he didn't care all that much um because he just but he was creating culture he, like, he was he, absolutely he was it still happened yeah it still happened um, yeah and so so we just we need to to think about that and leverage it uh so that we can have the outcomes that we want, right? Yeah. Is it intentional? I, I always, when I'm working with teams, I'm always talking about, are you a co-creator of culture or a passive recipient of culture? Is culture something that just happens because it's going to happen? Or are you consciously creating the type of environment that you want to create? And, and for companies that are intentional and very conscious about what they're creating, they tend to create very defined cultures where people thrive. Other companies who you will have culture, but you just may not really think about it. And then you may, you may have turnover and you look at it and say, yeah, they just didn't really fit. Eh, not everybody fits here. You're not even sure why or somebody who would fit here. But if you're conscious and you really are clear and intentional, you create an environment that your people can thrive in. I absolutely agree. Uh, well said. Um, you know, this has really been a fun discussion and we're about out of time, which is too bad because we could go on and on and on. Um, but before we part ways, I do want to give you a chance to share with the listeners how they can find out more about you, your business, the type of work that you're doing so they can reach out um, if, if there's anything you could help them with. Yeah, we at Take Flight Learning, we teach people how to use their personality to drive success. So we have a whole series of training programs from conflict management to innovation, leadership, to just our classic taking flight with discs program, which is teaching you how to use the personality styles. Uh, we actually certify trainers as well. We have trainers all over the world that deliver our training programs. Uh, and, and it's a lot of fun. It, philosophically, I just believe that you should go to these sessions and it should be so engaging. You just say to yourself, I, I want to do that again. But you should also be changing future behavior. So if something, if it's engaging and it changes future behavior, then you've got something. So that's what the training programs do. They teach you how to be better leaders, better team members. And I think it also plays out in our lives too, in our personal relationships with our spouse, our, our children, and hopefully people take what they learn. Our personality plays out everywhere. Uh, you can check out the books too. I've written a couple books. The Chameleon is a lot of fun. It's a collection of fables, 22 fables 
kind of torn from the pages of my own life of, uh, with eagles, parrots, doves, and owls. And they're funny, but they really do teach you about yourself and how you're interacting with others. Awesome. That, that's, that's wonderful. I really, really appreciate the time that we've had together today, as short as it may have been. And I appreciate you sharing all those resources um, with us. I encourage listeners to reach out um, and, and make sure that you, you get a chance to connect with Merrick and his company, learn more about him, check out his books. Um, thank you so much for the time together. Thank I hope you. I hope everyone stays healthy and safe and have a wonderful week. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week. Check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us.